Hi, I'm Chris Apolito, and welcome to the Get Coached Podcast, where I'm documenting my journey from employee to entrepreneur while featuring the coaches that are helping me along the way. Each episode, these coaches provide actionable advice to help me and you, the audience, find more success as entrepreneurs. I invite you to join the journey so we can go and grow together. Welcome to another episode of the Get Coach Podcast. This is a bonus episode I wanted to get out there to help anyone who finds themselves looking for work because of the COVID-19 crisis. I sat down with Cassandra Carlson, who is a career coach and HR consultant, and we talked about how to be more successful when looking for a new job. Please enjoy this conversation with Cassandra Carlson. Hi, Cassandra. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the Get Coach podcast. Uh, glad to have you here because this is uh, a conversation I wanted to have. Uh, I've actually been wanting to have this for a while due to some situations some friends of mine have been going through, but mm. uh, I, I pushed it forward a little bit because of what the whole world is going through. Um, right. So I, would you, I'd love if you could share a little bit about who you are and what you do now. And, and I think people will understand why I'm, I've, I invited you to be a guest on the show. Sure, sure. Uh, thank you for having me. Super excited. Uh, so my name is Cassandra, like you said, and I'm a career coach and consultant. So what I do basically is I help people create careers that they really love. Um, and basically, uh, you know, help people get out of that feeling of, you know, Monday morning, you don't want to go to work. And I think we've all experienced that in some way or another, it comes and goes. Uh, but for those people who really like feel that consistently, that's, you know, we spend about a third of our lives, uh, at work. So that's not something that I want for people. And I'm really passionate about that. So that's what I do. Um, you asked me about how I got to this. Yeah. Tell me like, what's your, what's your story? How did you become a career coach? Right. Um, so I think I've always been really passionate about work. Uh, I've always had this drive that I really want to love what I do. Uh, but I haven't necessarily always known the ingredients to what it takes to really love your job and love your work life. Uh, so I've actually jumped around quite a bit. Um, I actually started out as a pilot. That was my first career. And uh, I did that for quite some years. I flew around in Europe and in Sweden uh, until I kind of realized that, mm, you know what, I'm a lot more interested in the people doing the flying than the actual flying itself. Uh, so that kind of led me into psychology and uh, eventually I graduated with a master's in management and human resources. So I did that. Uh, I've been doing that ever since. And um, I just, I've had numerous jobs. I've had numerous roles. I've worked for a bunch of different companies in different uh, capacities. And I kind of kept coming up to the same point where I was successful, but not necessarily fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So that's when I kind of took the help of a coach uh, who helped me and guided me along to kind of find that sweet spot of, you know, where 
what kind of skills do I want to use my natural talents versus what's the environment that I want to do it in and also what's the impact that I want to make and kind of to get those to come together uh, and that's where I found like found myself today and I'm helping people do the same thing that's that's uh, a noble cause because as you mentioned there's a lot of people who um, they get stuck in a job and they feel almost imprisoned because debt obligations, whatever it is. And, and because it pays them well, the term, the golden handcuffs, what would, can you think of, uh, certain moments in time through your journey that were, were, uh, almost like epiphany moments where it just kind of all of a sudden clicked and you're like, uh, I need to be doing something different or this isn't quite the right thing for me. Any stories Mm. that you can think of? Oh, I have a lot of different ones, (laughs) (laughs) but I think the first one that like really uh, clicked for me was just uh, back in the day when I was still flying and uh, I was sitting up in the air and I was on a mission uh, doing photography flights. And I just realized that I was, you know, pretty bored and uh it just wasn't i realized that i was doing it more for someone else than for me so there was no real joy in the actual assignments uh i remember feeling quite scared every time i went up there because i had to work really hard i wasn't really working with what i was naturally good at Mm. um and also i remember fighting quite hard with myself to be like why am i actually doing this What's the impact that I'm making with this? And that happened to me several times during my career where I was like, I know that what I am doing is important, but I don't feel it. It's not aligned with what I want to contribute and what the impact that I want to be making. Um, So yeah, that was one of those moments when I was sitting there like thousands of feet up and I was like looking down. I'm like, what am I doing here? (laughs) You mentioned, you said mission and assignment. So were you military? No, no, no. no? But I was uh, doing photo flights. So I was actually photograph- um, photographing uh, military okay. bases at that time, but it was ah. more for maps and that kind of stuff. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What kind of um, aircrafts were you flying? Oh, I had all kinds <laughs> of different ones. I think that one was called, oh, you know what? The mind is the the name escapes me. I don't know the name of it. It was a um, a double uh, propeller uh, airplane. It was okay. a wonderful aircraft, but the name is gone. Sorry, yeah. it was a while. No, that's back. okay. I'm just <laughs> I'm curious if it was like prop planes or did you ever fly jets or was it prop planes primarily? It was prop planes uh, primarily. I was yeah. certified for it, but I never flew professionally jet. Okay. Yeah. Was that, is that something you would want to do? Is it kind of like on your bucket list to maybe do one day? No. No? Oh. <laughs> no, I, but people ask me a lot if I miss it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I came to the point where I actually, I don't. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. my father was um, an aircraft mechanic in the military. Oh, wow. So he got to go and, and ride along in a, in a yeah. jet. And I remember him telling me that, <laughs> he wasn't able to hold his lunch down when he oh, did wow. it. So, um, but I, I think that would be something that would be, that would be quite an experience. I think I, I'd like to do that one day. One of my favorite movies from back in the day was Top Gun. So for oh, me, it, it would you. just, it would just <laughs> remind me of that. And I would kind of nerd out a little bit, but 
Yeah, um, totally. So when, when, when you made that decision to find a coach, because obviously that's a big theme of this podcast is, is mm-hmm. to help people understand that that's a, that's a really key and common uh, step for a lot of successful people. Uh, and again, success is defined in many different ways, but sure, yeah. when you ultimately made that decision, what, um, what were some of the influences around that decision? If you can remember, was it books? Was it other like association podcasts? Uh, what were some of those influences? Right. Uh, well, I think that's a really good question. So I think, uh, I've always been really interested in personal development so I was, you know, associated with, with the term of a coach. And I think uh, for me, it immediately sprung from just like, okay, if you don't know what to do, a coach can help you sort out those thoughts. Uh, so my influences were, were primarily books and just a general interest that I took in, in personal development. Yeah. Right. Do you remember some of the books? Do you, like what would, um, be the, what would be some of the books that were the... Of, the most influential for you? Uh, well, I think uh, at that time I had just read Simon Sinek's. Oh, uh, find start your with why. Find, yeah, start with why. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, start with why. Yeah. Yeah, and I was really because I was searching for you know why am I doing these things, trying to find the purpose and 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 stuff like that. So uh, that was one of the books that I remember really resonated with me. Yeah. Um, what other good books about coaching had I read at that time? I'm going to stop with that. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. That one comes up quite regularly. Um, so when you read that book, it helps you determine your why, your purpose, like what you wanted to pursue. Then you made the decision to find a coach. And then that kind of helped you transition to what you do, which is coaching and other things. I know there are other things that you do. Um, you had, you had mentioned in our previous call that one of the first steps you do when you're helping somebody with career coaching is a little bit more around mindset and, and perhaps even helping them discover their why. Do you mind yeah. sharing a little bit around kind of what your, your process or how that conversation kind of sounds with, with people? Yeah. So uh, when I work as a coach, it's really a lot about finding out what you want as an individual. And obviously that's going to be different for everyone. Uh, But I think that's really the start of everything because as human beings, you know, we're influenced by so many different things from the outside world. And it's uh, easy to kind of become lost in like all the shoulds and you know, the pressures from the outside. What should I be doing? What does my mom think? What does this cool movie Top Gun say that I should be doing? Uh, And so that's kind of where it all starts with my clients to really figure out, well, who are you? And what is important to you? What does a fulfilling life look like to you? Uh, And really helping them to guide through that and find those answers for themselves. Right. Um, And it really starts with a vision. What is it that you want? What does that future, what does that dream look like for you? Yeah. And as I had mentioned at the beginning, a big part of the reason why I wanted to have um, somebody like you as a guest was because um, 
just some some friends who, and and their desire to perhaps make career changes and and get away from that that type of work where they're just not feeling fulfilled. Uh, but then we went through uh, a pandemic. So depending on when <laughs> this episode comes out, we might still be in it or we're <laughs> over or whatever it be. Um, and there's a lot of people in the world who are going to be in positions where they are without employment. Uh, so yeah. obviously some, some career coaching advice will be beneficial to them. Uh, or they, through, when, when events like this happen, I think it, it makes people start reflecting more, right? So they're yeah. going to look at their current careers, whether, if, if they were one of the, some of the fortunate few who were able to maintain their positions and weren't impacted by the the downsizing and a lot of what happened. But now they're going to look at this and go, is this really what I want to be doing? Am I feeling fulfilled? So yeah. I was hoping we could dig into that a little bit as far as, um, obviously we talked about where you would start, but what would be some advice and guidance that you would give on, maybe let's start with resumes um do you have any tips as far as how somebody could brush up their resume um or just some common mistakes that maybe you see people are making when it comes to their resume sure yeah absolutely so i mean if we start at the very start like the first thing you need to do is really figure out okay what is it that you want to do and why do you want to do it and what's the value that you actually bring and then this needs to go into a story. Mm. So like that needs to translate into communication, which, you know, like you say, that goes into a resume, that goes into a cover letter, that goes into your online presence, you know, if you're on LinkedIn or if you have a professional website. So my first advice is to really get your story together and look at all those things. What is it that you want? Why do you want it? And what's the value that you bring? Um, and if we're going to zoom in on the resume first, uh, the thing I would say, cause I've worked in HR a lot. I work with recruitment a lot. And as a recruiter, I can say, I generally spend like 30 seconds to maybe a minute and a half <laughs> looking at your resume. <laughs> I've heard that before. Unfortunately, but that's yeah. kind of what it looks like. So what I would say to you there, that's why it's so important that you know your story and what you're about. Because your resume needs to be really clear and concise. Mm -hmm. uh, so first thing you need to do is look at the format. There are so many resources out there, templates that make it really simple for you. Uh, and just make sure that it's very clear that, you know, what you did between when periods of times did you do it and make it very short and concise. Uh, use bullet points to describe what kind of results you created. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I'd, I'd heard the statement that a lot of uh, HR personnel, they, they quickly look at resumes. So mm -hmm. it's from the perspective of, of a job seeker, that can be really frustrating because you invest all this time into this resume. And then right. you find out that the majority of HR personnel are, are just quickly scanning it and, and are, they're looking for something. Right. So mm -hmm. is there, do you have a, especially cause you've worked in that capacity and then now coach people, is there something yeah. that people can 
include in that resume or the cover letter that kind of grabs people's attention to make them stop and and perhaps take a little bit more time to read their 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 resume and hopefully increase their their chances of getting to that next stage of the interview right so i think uh like maybe a misconception is that just because we take so little time we don't actually get what's important uh, but if you have crafted a good resume, that will like we will see what is important. So that's why it needs to be really clear, because you know long lines of text doesn't necessarily translate into, you know, the important thing. Right. So that's why you need to distill it to really make it really concise. So my advice would be to really look at your bullet points to make sure that those reflect what you contributed. So you don't want to just like ramble up stuff like, okay, I um, was um, um, like your assignments. Right. Think of it more of like, okay, what was the value you contributed? You can also look at how you word things. You can exchange uh, manage for directed. Small stuff like that, that takes out the cliches and make it really clear what it is that you actually contributed, the value that you brought right okay um, bringing some numbers and results is also usually pretty good yeah uh, i guess numbers would make a lot of sense because those would probably stand out m- more right and actually yeah. putting the numbers and not writing out the actual like the word of the number exactly and and try not to make it like a story just you know uh bullet points is usually a lot better so one of the this was a few years ago for me when I went to a recruiter and they, what their suggestion was actually it wasn't just them. It, I kind of found some things online. So as far as like what that resume would look like is, so your name, your kind of information near the top. And then exactly. there was underneath that a paragraph where it was um, the, the suggestion was a career summary. So that mm. portion was kind of my story in my own words and then mm. below that was the work experience, all the different companies I worked for, the time I was there, and then mm-hmm. the bullet points. Yeah. Do you, is that summary part, uh, is that something that you would normally recommend or of value when, when an HR recruiter is typically going to scan? Is that maybe where they'll go next if they're like, oh, I want to learn more and then they go to that summary? Or, or would you just say, don't even bother including it? So I think it depends on what your career story looks like. Um, Usually where I go first, I look at the titles, I look at what you've done. uh, And if it doesn't make sense, I will look at your summary. So I would say it's a good idea for people who maybe uh, have shifted careers a lot or people who are looking to make a transition into a new field to use that kind of summary space to kind of explain that, okay, I've been an engineer all my life and now I'm going to be a career coach. Right. Okay. So that's a good space to kind of just get the recruiter understanding like, Oh, why is this person applying for this? Cause it's an engineer. Right. Um, or if you have big gaps um, to just kind of explain a little bit about why your resume might not look average. Okay. If you don't have those kind of transitions, I would say maybe use that space for something else. You don't necessarily need it. Yeah. Yeah. I now 
now that you share that, that makes so much more sense as far as the context of why that advice was being provided to me, because I went mm. from a career, a long career in the world of personal finance, and I ended mm. up going to uh, IT services was the other uh, world I ultimately ended up in. But it, it was whenever I was applying for anything that was really outside of the world of finance, it was include a, a story because it, then you could kind of highlight the skills that you acquired within that industry and that career and how it's like relatable to that new position. Is that kind of what you would suggest? Absolutely. Yeah, I think cool. the thing you need to think about for that summary is that it needs to be really short. Yeah. So I wouldn't include more than just a couple of lines and the rest is really what you, you go to your cover letter to kind of highlight which skills you can use and how you'll all your previous, um, experiences how they'll be at value in more of a text form yeah um but a couple of sentences to just explain uh your objectives and why this makes sense uh absolutely that's a great way okay. to use your summary it sounds like then your resume should probably be able to fit on one page Yes, your okay. resume should. I mean, <laughs> under very extraordinary circumstances, I would say uh, it, it, it's more and more common. I, th I would say like five, six years ago, it would be like, no, it needs to be one page. Now it's yeah. a little bit more loose, but uh, I would definitely recommend to have it on one page. Okay. And can someone use a uh, basically a templated resume as far as they could use that exact same resume if they're applying at multiple places, they could use the same resume. And then maybe the cover letter is the one that gets tailored and customized per role they're applying for. Or would you suggest they still customize and tailor the resumes? Um, that's a really good question. I love that you ask it. I always recommend that you tailor both of them. Okay. So you can definitely use a template as kind of a, uh, a starting point. But then a lot of companies, they use something called an ATS, which is an automatic tracking system. So what I would recommend is that you really take your time to look at the ad if you're applying to a specific job that already exists and look at the words that they're using. Mm. Look at how they describe what they're looking for and see how you can fit that into your resume. Right. It's like and search it's also, engine optimization. <laughs> exactly. It's, it, that's yeah. exactly how it works. They will yeah. have, you know, machines that actually look for the words that they have set uh, beforehand that this is what we're looking for. Interesting. So uh, make sure to tailor your resume because that may be actually if that may be the deal breaker if you even get looked at for your resume. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's shift to a different section that normally is included in that initial application. So the cover letter, um, yeah. my understanding of a cover letter, cause I haven't, I've been fortunate enough where I haven't had to do a lot of resumes and, and cover letters. Uh, I've gotten a lot mm -hmm. of my jobs just in different kinds of ways, but, um, so you kind of touched on it briefly there, but the cover letter is meant to expand on the story. Is that is that the purpose of the cover letter? Yeah. So for me, I think, so the first thing to be clear about is that, you know, recruiting is a little bit subjective. So, but for me as a recruiter, absolutely. Yes. I want to see who you are in your cover letter. Your resume is what gets my attention. And then your cover letter is what really seals the deal. Like mm. who are you as a person and what are you bringing to the table? 
And so one of the mistakes I see most often is that people just go over their resume, but in wording instead in the cover letter. So they just repeat what I already know. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would recommend that you don't do. Um, it's fine to go over your experiences, but tell me how they contribute to your story. Tell me how you got there. Tell me why this is important and how these experiences are going to help you in this job. Right. Um, tell me why you want this job. Um, and also, uh, I would say try to have most of your focus on what you're going to contribute versus um, how good this job is going to be for you and your career. Because I already know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good advice. So now we're, we're at that stage. The person has their, their resume super dialed in. They've got great cover letters. They're submitting their applications to all the, the desirable jobs that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And they get that call back for the interview. Um, what would be, uh, is there anything, I guess, in between that, that resume submission and the callback to actually doing the, the interview, is there anything that you would suggest they be aware of or any next steps that they should take? Or is it really just next step is the, uh, um, the interview? I would take a look at your online presence. Ah, yes. I'm glad you brought that up actually. This is something that is becoming more and more common to just kind of, you know, we check each other out online. And so uh, take a look at your LinkedIn profile, take a look at uh, every other online presence you have and make sure that that is something that you would be comfortable uh, with the recruiter knowing because they do check you out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> Facebook, obviously, I would assume would be mm -hmm. one of the Facebook and LinkedIn, I would guess would be probably the first two that they would look yeah. at. And then maybe they'll go to Twitter or Instagram or all those other ones. But I would, that would be my guess. So what your, mm -hmm. your suggestion, I really, I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up, um, is in advance to probably even applying is clean up your, your social profiles so that yeah. you, it's, it's a positive representation of who you are. So that's obviously key. And yeah. then it also echoes whatever it is that you're trying to share as your story professionally linkedin exactly. probably more so than facebook um but yeah i really like that yeah i mean obviously most recruiters recognize that facebook and instagram are usually uh personal uh and more private like geared towards that but definitely look at your linkedin and uh, make sure that that is representative of what you want to to communicate right You'd also, I think you'd mentioned this earlier, but uh, personal websites. So if it, is that something you, you recommend people go and do or, or would their LinkedIn profile probably suffice for, for those purposes? Uh, I think it depends a little bit. If you're in the creative field, like say that you're applying for like, uh, you're looking for web designer jobs or stuff like that, I would definitely recommend it because it's such a great way to show your portfolio. Right. Um, if you're not, if you're looking for like finance jobs and so on, it might be uh, less necessary, but I, I like to see um, a personal website. Um, I wouldn't say that it's like a 
a deal breaker in any way. Mm. Uh, but, but it's a nice, a nice add on, but right. Uh, it's, it's like, it scores bonus points. It's not yeah. a requirement, but it scores bonus points. Yeah. And, and I think in the situation that a lot of people are, are finding themselves right now as we speak and perhaps mm. even going forward, um, if there's so as many people, there's the amount of people that are going to be unemployed per, it makes it very competitive, right? Mm. So anything you can do to give yourself those bonus points, like a website or a very polished LinkedIn profile is probably going to, um, it, it can't hurt. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, you know, this kind of is showing us that more and more things are happening online and it seems like a natural, um, I mean, I can't tell the future, but now that we're all stuck at home and more and more companies are working online, uh, your online presence is more than ever. It's, an, it's important. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we've got resume cover letter. They're, they're dialed in now. Their online profile, nice and clean, looks super professional. Mm-hmm. Now it's interview time. I, yeah. I know a lot of people are very intimidated by that process and, and get anxiety around it. What mm. would be some advice for them to, to help them get through that process uh, as, as best as possible, even if they are some, especially actually, if they are that kind of person that has a bit of anxiety around it? Right. Uh, well, I think, uh, obviously practice. <laughs> there are a lot of, well, actually like that can help so much if you practice answering your questions. Uh, me as a recruiter, I used to really love asking the big open questions. So like just starting off with like, okay, tell me who you are. And that question is great for me because it opens up so much for my candidate to just take it in whichever way. Right. And it can be great for the candidate as well because it gives you a lot of control to go in whichever direction. But if you haven't practiced it, that can be really tough. How do you answer that? So tell me who you are. That's, yeah. you know. It, it is a tough question. I, uh, I recently had to go through an interview process um, and that was actually their very first question when I sat down with them. Mm-hmm. And I, and I kind of sat there and I thought, and I was like, okay, well, that's a really good question. And in my mind, I'm going like, I can literally go anywhere with this. So I was like, where should I go? And the way I framed my response, and I'd love your feedback on this as far as whether this is an approach that you think people should take is I had uh, two stories basically to share. I had my professional, tell me about yourself answer. And then I had Mm -hmm. a personal. So I was able to highlight both, right? So I went through my career, which was really just a summary of what they should probably already know based on my cover letter and and my resume. But then I I share the personal side because I feel that's who they are ultimately going to hire is if they personally like me, right? Um, Because they called me to the interview because they kind of professionally like what they see, but now they want to get to know me. And so that's, Mm. that's the approach I took. Would that be... Uh, in, in your professional opinion, would that be a, a, a nice way to respond to that or, or maybe something different? What would you think? Well, personally, I love that response because it tells me something about you, like you choosing to present both and like that is important to you. That tells me a lot about who I'm going to be getting. 
for that job. It's not just what you have done and what you're actually performing, but it's also about who you are as a person and you bring your personal side to it. So for me as a recruiter, it tells me something about what's important to you and, you know, bringing your whole self to work. So I would say that works. Definitely. Awesome. It's going well, to be, di- <laughs> it's going to be different for everyone though. And so sure. whatever, whatever choice someone goes with, it's going to give me something to go right. off of. But really at the end of it, it's just as long as, cause you, I think everybody should expect that kind of question. Maybe not worded that way, but it's going to be similar type of question. So having something prepared to to share is more important than whether it's professional and, and personal, kind of like I did, but it's just more being prepared for it is your advice, right? Yeah, I think uh, so there, if you just go online and search for, you know, prep for an interview, you're going to get like, multitude of questions and i would actually just recommend that you take them and you take the time to think about those questions you may not get that exact question but you may get something that's similar and then you've already started thinking about it right because that's also something if we go through our lives and you know we're employed we're at the same job we might not ask those reflective questions a lot so it's just a way to get yourself thinking about it right and there are a couple of questions that are quite common, like you said, going online and and uh, just finding those common ones and practicing them. There's one yeah. question, or I guess it's two questions that tend to come up quite regularly. That love your your perspective on on the kind of answers that you're looking for or, or hoping to get. Uh, but you know, tell me, it's the question of like. Tell me a time that you had a difficult situation and how you handled it. Or um, sometimes I think people phrase it in a way of like, tell me some of your strengths or or, or your weaknesses or whatever it is. So what is it that recruiters are are looking for in that kind of response? Because I feel like people could really, uh, pardon my language here, but BS them their their way through that kind of uh, answer. But... Is there something in particular that recruiters are looking for with those, those questions? Well, they can phrase it very differently, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's very common to like ask about strengths and maybe weaknesses. Uh, and what we're looking for is, you know, your awareness, <laughs> how aware you are of your strengths and your weaknesses and, you know, how you actually work with them because we're not assuming that you're a superman or that you're flawless. Quite the opposite. I would be worried if someone didn't know anything that they're not particularly strong at. Um, so what I'm looking for there is to see, okay, when this shows up for you, how do you react? Mm. And what do, how do you work with it? Like I want to see someone who is aware and who is working to get better or to grow. So it's more about the potential of actually dealing with it. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So are there, are there any other aspects of the interview process that you would want to share uh, some, some advice on that I, I may be missing or, or overlooking? Well, I was thinking about what you said about this being nervous. Uh, and uh, one thing that can just be uh, something to consider is uh, you don't have to have the perfect answers it's okay to take some time and like think about it because sometimes I have candidates who are very nervous and they just blurt out something because they just want to give me something. (laughs) And I almost want to stop them and be like, do you want to think about this? Cause that's okay. 
Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily make a bad impression if you take a second and like, oh, that's a good question. You could even repeat the question back and let it sink in. Uh, and just, yeah, think about your answers. It will, if anything, show that you are thoughtful about mm. how you speak. Right. Which will, will say a lot about how you would operate, I feel, right? Because if, yeah. you, if you're the type of person that uh, when under pressure, because that's kind of the situation, you just kind mm -hmm. of blurt out responses. It, it shows that you're, you're a little bit more on the reactive side, which... Yeah may not necessarily be what the employer is looking for because they're going to go, well, if you're going to react to situations like that, you may, you're not taking the time to think about how to actually handle the situation. You're just reacting to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So coming out of the interview process. So now we've, we've helped our, our audience nail everything up to this point. <laughs> what, uh, what's, I guess, what's the next step? What's the, the recommended next step after an interview? Is it sit and wait? Uh, usually the, the, the recruiter tends to say like, we'll get back to you in two, three days, whatever it is. And yeah. is there any suggestions post interview as far as like maybe thanking, sending them a thank you message or, or something like that? Yeah, so a good recruiter will tell you the process uh, so that you know what kind of times to expect and so on. Uh, I would always recommend to send a thank you letter just for meeting the person. Um, you know, jobs, this is at the core all about building relationships. So even if this doesn't go all the way, cultivating a good relationship with the recruiter or, you know, the hiring manager or whoever you met is still going to be valuable no matter what. So to kind of follow up with that, I think it shows a really nice gesture. Yeah, for sure. Right. Cool. And then, yeah. So I guess now in the perfect scenario, a couple of days goes by, the company calls back and says, Hey, we're excited to extend an offer and mm. we'd love to have you kind of jump on board um, oh, that's a quick process. <laughs> well, ideally, right? Like, like I said, it's the ideal situation. Mm -hmm. So uh, going through that process though, is there anything that I'm, again, did I miss anything that you would want to, to add and, and help the, the audience with? Well, what I would say is that that can definitely be the case that you have an interview and then you get an offer. Uh, it's quite common to have go through different types of testing or have a case interview or have some type of follow-up, maybe a panel interview or something like that. So going out from the interview, I would recommend that you have the process clear so that you know what to expect. And again, if there are more steps, it's not something that's very uncommon uh, and to just prepare for those separately. Mm -hmm. That is, that is true. I had multiple interviews for this last position and I've done like yeah. the case studies and, and the answering tests and, and those types of things. But um, every company is, is different. I feel like for after sure. that first interview. So it's, it's hard to, I feel like it would be really difficult and, or a very long episode for us to kind of <laughs> cover all the different paths after it. I feel like everything that you've shared though up into that point of the interview, which has been like prepare, um, mm -hmm. make, make yourself presentable. Like there's some, all that stuff becomes applicable later on in the process anyway. So if they're doing those, those things up front, they're going to continue doing them on the back end. And I believe they'll be successful. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So obviously we covered a lot as far as um, the, the whole journey of really looking for new employment or a career change. And, and it started really with the mindset and, and asking yourself why and or what your, your pursuit should be or want you want it to be. And then we got into like the more tactical things of the cover letters and the resumes and whatnot, all the way to the interview process. But coming out of that, I always like to ask my guests, what's that one thing though that you would suggest the audience take action on so that they can level up and increase their chances of getting that, that job or, or career that they're looking for? Right. Um, so I really like to go back to the mindset and <clears throat> I think it's particularly important in these days, like kind of what you mentioned, we're kind of in this unprecedented time where it's so much uncertainty. A lot of us are scared for, you know, good reason. And if you've lost your job or if you're thinking about changing to something else, uh, there's a lot of fear that comes into it. And so what I would advise you to do is to stop for a second and just think about where you're making your decisions from. Because making your decisions from a place of fear is going to give you a completely different result than making them from a place of, say, possibility. Mm. So there are different ways that you can approach this job-seeking process. And coming at it from fear is it's automatically going to you know, narrow your vision. It's uh, going to make you go for different things. And so it's completely normal, but it's still not something that I would recommend. So my advice is to kind of try to shift your perspective in that and try to come from possibility instead. Right. I think that's very good advice, regardless of whether you're, we're in a pandemic or not. Uh, exactly. But yeah, no, I really appreciate that. Uh, so Cassandra, where can people find you online or connect with you if they wanted to reach out and or learn more about you? Yeah, so I have a website uh, at CassandraCarlson.com. So that's spelled with a C and two S's and O-N because I'm Swedish. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm also on LinkedIn and uh, on Instagram as well at Cassandra.C.coaching. Awesome. Yeah, I'll make sure to include all those in the uh, show notes. Great. Well, it was uh, an absolute pleasure. I took... A I enjoyed the conversation a lot and I know the audience is going to take a lot of value out of this, especially during this time. Uh, but even Amazing. going forward, it's such a, uh, it's really an evergreen topic in my opinion, because people are always going through that kind of challenge when it comes to career and what they want to do. Um, for sure. and especially if they're, they, they got stuck in a career for a long time and they haven't done an interview or, or mm -hmm. application process in a while. This is, this is such great advice for them. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, thanks again and take care. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Get Coach Podcast. If you're looking for more information, you can head over to our website, which is getcoachedpodcast.com. You'll find the show notes for this and every other episode there. And if getting actionable advice every week from professional coaches is something you want more of, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.